This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 6.5% was it? Is, is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you, if you look at the round-by-round round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like, what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust, this is the C4 Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to another episode of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I'm Chris Satellite Force, joined virtually, as always, by the uh, effervescent Anna Forsythe, Forsythe 03. Welcome, Anna. Hi, Chris. Um, I feel like you've used effervescent before. I feel like... I probably have. I mean, I, I mean, it's a good adjective, adjective but yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. we, we have more in the in the tank. Really? Okay, I will I will go to the thesaurus and better prepare myself the next time we... Thanks, please do. Um, how are you? Yeah, you know, I'm keeping it real. I'm not bad. I'm tired. I'm... <laughs> Yeah. You know, a little, a little worn down. It was a long night last night. Um, got, went and saw a movie. Didn't get home until like whatever time it was. <laughs> Late nights. Wow. It's almost like pre-pandemic times. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. Well, I mean, anyone who has seen your Twitter seen the... <laughs> Taking its toll, the day is taking its toll on Baby Force and Puppy it, Force. It has. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, Puppy Force. She being a puppy, she still a lot of still a lot of naps. Um, mm-hmm. Whole lot of crazy. Yeah. Um, it sort of goes one to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Baby Force. She had a, a heck of a Monday at daycare. So right. we've all been there. Yeah. No, you know, I mean, daycare. I presume I have a daycare yeah. as well. I. I mean, we didn't call it that, but whatever. Uh, we've had, we've all had a heck of a Monday. Yeah. I mean, my Monday. Yeah. Less intense than other Mondays, but it was reasonably busy. Yeah. Um, as Mondays go. Yeah. I'm kind of a little bit checked out because I finished work and finished this job in two weeks. So there's like little bits going on that I care about, but in general, just finishing bits off, you know? Okay. I see. So kind of like what Matt's approach to the podcast was back in the day. Oh yeah. That's it. Um, I'm trying to think of a hockey equivalent. Louie, I guess. King Louie just cashing his paychecks. Oh, so at what point are you going to be, you know, switching over to the uh, Coyotes podcast? Uh, you could probably, you know what? They'd probably give you press credentials to cover them. Uh, I mean, in- n- not after the joke I just made on 
Twitter, so I oh, just really? made a few right. enemies in Cody's territory. Yeah, I saw that they're offering at least 500 tickets a game for students. Well, yeah, that'll fill it out a bit. <laughs> oh, gosh. Could could you imagine if, like, well, could you imagine in any other state, like even Florida, you know, probably, I mean, who knows, maybe not a good example with the current edition of the Planters, but, like, that even being a thing. Like, I, I'm all for yeah. you providing tickets to students or yeah. those who, you know, families or what have you do that, make them accessible. But that's, I mean, paper, the university, that's probably a good way to get fans in the stands. You know, yeah, I mean, all 600 seats you have available. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, Canucks could do a way better job of making their tickets more accessible um, and yeah. affordable, but students, et cetera. But yeah. yeah. They don't need to as a thing. You do feel like Arizona need to do this. Yeah. You know, in, in ticket ticket prices or ticket prices. I mean any professional sport in North America, ticket prices are ticket prices. But I found it interesting having purchased a few tickets to go to see the BC Lions uh, play mm-hmm. in the summer. We're going to a, a family day game. Um they have a promotion where kids get a ten dollar ticket. That's right. You no, know, I think I think that's great. I mean, parents don't get a ten dollar ticket or we're paying more, but it's still an affordable, mm-hmm. accessible way to, to to watch a Canadian football league game. But when you're going through the actual price of the ticket on Ticketmaster, because there's no alternative here right. in Canada. If it's not Ticketmaster, it's something owned by Live Nation who owns Ticketmaster. So right, right. that's it. And the Lions are actually selling you the ticket not at ten dollars they're selling you the ticket at like four something because they're they're realizing that there is going to be a fee on top of that to be ten dollars but get this there are also more fees beyond that there's the convenience fee of buying a ticket through Ticketmaster because it's so convenient that i have no alternative yeah there's the the facility fee which okay, I guess I have to pay for the privilege of being able to watch a game in BC place where they play and there's no other alternative there. And then there's the service fee. Yeah. I mean, when you like, they charge you all these fees and then they don't give you a ticket. It's just like, you're bringing your ticket on your Mm -hmm. phone on you. So yeah. Like I remember, you know, and I'm old here, so let's, you know, understand that times were different back then. But while you could go through a service like Ticketmaster, you always had the alternative to buy direct from the box office. Like if I want an Alliance ticket, I could go down to, you know, Uh, wherever the BC Alliance office was and I could buy a ticket from them and I could avoid those fees. Now there's no avoidance because not only can you not go and do that, the box office in the stadium, guess who operates it? Yeah, exactly. Ticketmaster. Yeah, they're always lining their pockets somehow. It's it's dreadful. I I mean, just to keep going off the rails as well already, yeah. you know, off the track. Um, so the England cricket team has just started their international summer and there was just huge amounts of empty seats in the last test because Lords um, were charging like £110 for a day's ticket to the cricket. And yes, you get like a whole day of entertainment and they can't guarantee how many days it'll run because that's cricket. Like it only ended up running three days rather than five. So, mm-hmm. but that's a risk you take. Whereas Trent Bridge, which is where the test is going on right now, that's in Nottingham. Um, they've just done day four for the last, sorry, day five, because they don't sell last day tickets until the game's already started. And they're doing them all for free. So you had to sign up, whatever. So they went, um, you know, 12 hours in advance of it starting. But mm-hmm. tickets for free and then the whole thing sold out. And that's how you get, you know, interest in a sport that's, you know, like hockey's not the biggest sport, right? You've got to generate some interest. So maybe... Maybe we shouldn't judge Arizona too much. True. Um, 
one final note, if you are as a listener curious about the experience of buying tickets here in North America, and I mean, it, to say North America, um, maybe as a service, cause I'm not familiar as to how tickets are handled down in Mexico, but in Canada, the United States, uh, it's Ticketmaster Live Nation. Um, but uh, John Oliver uh, did, uh, uh, he actually has done a couple things, but there was a, a recent episode, or it might have been last year, on last week tonight, where he actually talked about the approach to tickets and ticket sales and how um, they also now mix in the their resale. So they legitimately charge you fees to buy a ticket. And when you resell through them, they charge you fees to do that. They charge the person buying at the same fees that would already been paid. Yeah. But what they do is they mix those price, those tickets in to what you see. And so it's not clear as to whether or not you're buying verified resale or sell. And then on top of that, they hold back, like there's the holdbacks. And then ultimately in the grand scheme of things, there's yeah, maybe like, messed up two tickets available to everyone. And there's, you know, 17,998 that are essentially resold before you could even get into play. Anyhow. Ah, uh, what a racket. Yeah, definitely. But that's, uh, that's not what we were going to have a show about. That's just me, you know, riffing here. We are actually going to talk about what's going on in the world of the Vancouver Canucks. Cause Hey, there's stuff happening. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, some news has, has come out of, what may or may not be happening in the Canucks locker room. And uh, as you aptly put in the rundown, hockey Twitter is as entertaining as ever. So we may or may not get into things as to what's <laughs> been entertaining on hockey Twitter, uh, depending on where our show is at. But uh, let's start to, let's start talking about the Canucks. So Patrick Alvin's been a pretty busy guy uh, in sort of the past uh, few weeks, huh? Yeah, I mean, he's getting in touch with his roots, um, <laughs> signing all the Swedish players. Um, yeah, in advance of, you know, free agent frenzy, which is now a month away as we're recording this, um, he's sort of got to work in Europe, um, made a couple signings. Um, for warning, we're going to probably butcher these pronunciations because Apparently, it's pronounced like more like Oman. But I don't Not know. Oman? Not Oman. Um, okay. So, Nils Oman, Oman, something of that elk. And was it today, Monday, that Johansson? Yeah, Philip Johansson, former uh, pick from the, I think it was the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. So, um,. Right about them both. Um, like, Niels Oman just seems like a good, you know, flyer signing. Um, late round pick didn't quite um, pan out, but often late round picks don't. Um, so we'll see um, what happens there with he's, I know the kind of interesting thing there is I know he plays center as well as on the wing. Um, I think that's part of the enticing part of him. But also it's kind of interesting because he said since he signed that he would rather stay in Sweden if he's going to play in the AHL, which, I mean, completely get from his perspective. Um, Jim Rutherford's apparently promising all these people the moon. So, you know, when they sign, you know, you've got a spot on the roster, dude. Which, I mean, sure, they're uh, cheaper and probably just as good as some of our bottom six. But unfortunately, we still have to pay that bottom six for the moment. So, yeah, we'll see on that. Um, Johansson, obviously, first round pick. So I think that's safe to say he's a bit of a bust um, as to least in Minnesota's eyes. But if you just, we didn't pick him in the first round. So I think it's kind of a case of taking him at face value as just a player we have signed entry level cheap defense. We need defense. Like let's just see where that goes. Um, he's going to stay in Sweden. So we will see you later down the line. Um, how that comes. Are you can, can you talk now? Has puppy force stopped barking? 
Yeah. And that's, I presume it was coming through. This is the problem with puppy is she decides that it's time to let everyone in the uh, city of uh, Surrey where I reside uh, to know she is uh, displeased and uh, your listeners get to, uh, to hear that. Um, the thing that, uh, you know, I, I saw more on Canucks Twitter is, is like, one, how can you, if whether you're, you know, Rutherford or Alvin's promise the world and not give it to these players is, you know, you get a reputation this way. And I'm, I don't, I don't think that's the approach. I think it's, you have every opportunity to fight for a spot. I don't, I don't think they're going in with the, you're going to get a roster spot. And I also don't have an issue if a player were to go and say, Hey, if I don't, you know, if I'm not guaranteed, I'm going to stay here because ultimately at the entry level deal that they've been signed, you're not really losing a whole lot of money. I think the worry I have is it's more on the number of contracts yeah. you can carry as a, as a pro club. Like that's maybe where there's some risk. Um, yeah, fair enough. And I mean, um, I'm looking at cat friendly now. I'm just checking. It says 29. I'm trying to see if the new signings are included in that. doesn't look like it. Um, so yeah, that's always a concern, but that's kind of why we need to put more energy into shopping some of this dead weight. We're never going to get rid of it all because Jim Benning loved to hand out big contracts. So, yeah. And we're going to get into, you know, more of that uh, later on. Yes. In, into the, the show, uh, in, in our next segment, but, the other thing that's sort of coming in to the equation here is how, um, you know, Rutherford is looking at Abbotsford and it's like, yeah, we want this team to, to be competitive. We want this team to win. Um, I can't say I ever heard anything about Utica or last year about Abbotsford from the previous regime. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's partly the fact that it was so far away. It's easy to not think about it too much. It really wasn't an accessible resource. Yes, it's like, oh, you can put some players down there and check on them in like a year or two, but, and people always point to Thatcher Demko developing in Utica, but there hasn't been much else that developed down there. So yeah, I think it's high time that they made use of things. Um, I Canucks in general had a decent um first season, but I think one big thing will be goalies next year and what um Canucks decide to do with that and where they decide to place their bets um in their young goaltenders because I think we're all kind of in agreement that Spencer Martin's backing up um next year, but mm-hmm. it's just a case of. Who is next in line? Because is it Mikey DiPietro or like is Seelov's like making a late push? Obviously, Seelov's development's not been ideal whatsoever, like with his stunts, like stints in the ECHL and um, all kinds of things like that. Um, but yeah, DiPietro is really not developing as quickly as they wanted to either. So that'll be interesting next year because I think that's really key. The goaltender pipeline because we have goaltenders galore but like not a clear third choice Mm -hmm. well really what but what would that third choice be is the third choice the future for the team you know many moons from now or is it that you have a reliable person who can help your team in abby win and when need be be number three in Vancouver. That's a great point. That's something they'll have to decide because do they, you know, it's almost like they probably, if they need a three in Vancouver or like Martin gets injured or Demko gets injured and they need a new backup, you almost want to not bring up your starter from Abby because you want to, they both have such stunted development. So, do they sign another goalie 
a veteran goalie who would be, you know, more of a mentor presence like Richard Bachman was in Utica. And and, and Bachman was often choice. the... Yeah, exactly. Right, the, the call. Right. Yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, that'll be a huge um, decision to make because, honestly, whoever they pick to really push, um, I don't think it's necessarily going to be smooth sailing. So you may want to win, and they may put in some good efforts. You know, Team Sheldon, um, they just re-signed Alex Canuck-Leapit, who almost had the word, has the word Canuck in his name. Um that's how away broadcasters like to say it anyway, so it's got to be good. Um, but yeah, you know, if Jack Rathbone makes the jump to the big club, that's going to be another huge loss. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if it's going to go as well this year in terms of winning. Development, maybe. Um, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily... I, I understand the doubt you have, but I'm not necessarily convinced that it'll be difficult because if you if you put enough into the cupboard that you have too much to choose from that's a good thing and there's that to me is one of the things that the vancouver canucks have lacked like depth has been an issue mm-hmm. it's been an issue in the big club it's been an issue in the a um in fact like during you know the the pandemic season where they signed a partnership agreement and I mean, yeah. I totally got get why Utica went the route they did. Utica wanted to win and maybe the Canucks weren't as keen, but then from a developmental perspective, the Vancouver Canucks, you know, had their, their prospects getting absolutely no time in the St. Louis blues cashing in on that. Right? Like, and yeah. I feel that that, that era is gone. And I mean, that is not all on necessarily the Benning regime simply because Utica was a whole different beast. Vancouver Canucks own the Abbotsford Canucks, so therefore, you know, that conversation is not even present. But the approach is defined. Like, that was the thing. I think if we think about it, like, what was the approach of the previous regime? I don't know. And yeah. I'd, I'd like to give the benefit that out there was one. Like, there was a conversation that uh, Chris Gear had sort of got into with, uh, I think it was Beast Mode on on Twitter. But um, it was it was along the lines of drafting Patterson and ultimately mm-hmm. who, who contributed to the pick. And what gear was saying is that at the end of the day, yeah, there was probably a conversation about Pedersen, uh, glass, whomever, lots of people, different voices, emotional at times, but ultimately the person who makes the final decision went up and said, that's who we're picking. And that, you know, comes to the GM, whether or not that was his guy or not, he yeah. was convinced. And one of the things that we've seen is that, you know, may not be a priority to that guy, you know, Trader Jim, old Trader Jim. Um, but, you know, there, it's just, maybe that's why we don't hear from him. But anyhow, whatever. What I, what we do know is that in the short period of time that Rutherford's been talking about things and Alvin has, I mean, they're already looking to put, you know, players into the system. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about that, especially when it's entry level co- entry level money. Oh yeah, and yeah. clearly with the Sedins who are um almost definitely being groomed for a, you know Canucks adult Canucks um, jobs, you know they're like leading the way with development in Abbey, and they were last season as well. So I think that kind of shows the connection they want to make and make sure it's. A symbiotic relationship, you know? Yeah. Moving past the Canucks, but we'll get back into them a little bit later. Um, you catch any of the, uh, the conference finals? Um, so I've seen bits and pieces. Um, the last couple of games, um, I didn't really see, um, much of that, much of Tampa's fight back. I mean, that's probably reflective of my interest in seeing that narrative play yeah. out um yeah it was funny I actually went to lunch um last weekend with a friend of the show Annalise's parents and her dad said Tampa are coming back you know they're winning this and you know they were losing two nothing in the series two nothing in the game and of course they came back they won that game they kept winning 
And yeah, of course they they know how to win. Mm-hmm. They have Vasilevsky. Um and in the battle of the goalies, he triumphed in the end. So even without Braden Point, New York didn't quite have enough. No. The the Rangers I mean they were they were punching above their weight class, I think yeah. the entire playoff run. True. They're a bit and, early in that development. Really. Right. But I mean, and it's not to take anything away from what they were able to accomplish. They were up, you know, two, two games to nil or two games to zero, uh, in, in the conference final. Um, but you know, Tampa is the sort of veteran team was able to settle things down. And it's almost like a, a switch got flipped in game three where suddenly Tampa had the moxie to, you know, get themselves that win. And I'm not looking at the, you know, game, you know, subsequent, you know, three games to, and, and saying, oh, the Rangers had tapped out. They had not. They did everything that they could possibly do. They just couldn't score goals beyond, you know, one per game. Like even in, in, in game six, they did everything they could possibly do to get back into that game and potentially take it to overtime. And then. Yeah. Like you know, it's shots on goal work crazy but you know controversially uh you know tampa tampa wins although having watched that i don't see how it would have been interference like i i i'll admit the nhl you know rule book um is kind of like interpretive art yeah especially in the playoffs (laughs) but i don't see how how that was interference that goal i mean it's it's unfortunate that's how the what it comes down to and then by the way you're out but yeah. I mean, I guess it comes down to that because you let a two nothing series lead slip away. Um yeah. but yeah, there has been no like small amount of controversy um this playoff run and like the fact that there was that offside that wasn't actually offside but no one actually understands the offside rule turns out like Well so um, I think it's Dave Jackson, former referee, who essentially works with ESPN. Yeah. I felt of all the explanations, he approached yeah, it well. Yeah, that's the he's one like, I watched too, to get it. Yeah, he's like, you know, we're what we're looking at is like bang, bang. But in the era of replay, you're given the opportunity to see this. But think of it in terms of if I throw the puck in all the way to the end boards and the player touches up, that's onside. We would not, we would not be having this conversation. Why we're having this conversation is the bang, bang nature, but the premise remains the same. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good way to sort of show it. But I think it, it, it does like, I mean, what he's, he's described it and how he, 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 he explained it worked well, but I think it actually going to go like the NHL is going to go look at this and we're like, oh, we're going to go and change our words. Like, you know, a distinct kicking motion is still a problem. Do we already talk about this last time about whether it was or not we didn't we okay. didn't and i mean but. i'm of the opinion that it was but i think it was technically not a goal but morally should be so well yeah just I mean, like dis- yeah i mean we were like the- we don't need to relitigate but yeah i mean distinct kicking motion is is like what on earth equivalent does that mean to the blue paint yeah. You know, was it was your was your skate in the blue paint? Yeah, the goaltender and the players on the other side, but oh my god, the toe of your skate, you know, hit the blue paint and therefore the world ended. Like I mean just Yeah. It's silly. Um Avs obviously cruised past the Oilers. Obviously. Um, I mean obviously Calgary was such a disappointing show in their series against Edmonton. Um, compared to the regular season form, but yeah, you had to think. That. I was hoping for nine six in that first game. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is impressive. What we should be surprised by is how well um, Francis has done um, with his like job. Like we always kind yeah, of c- said, having to come in, and I mean, he's he's a one B. Yeah. But. He is one B for sure, but like Colorado's 
they're one aid and superstar at all. Like, look at, um, you know, Shostakin, Vasilevsky, and then you had, yeah, Francis. So against Conor McDavid, who's arguably the best offensive talent in the league. And if he Sorry, isn't, Mike Smith. he's a, yeah, he wishes. Yeah. Turns out also Mike Smith is still Mike Smith. Oh, good. So he lost the plot. I mean, he, Colorado still wins the series, but yeah, I think I they, mean, they won quicker because game. Mike Smith lost the plot. Yeah. Hey, and honestly, he's up, been uh, slowly losing it for years. Yeah. But the, uh, Stanley Cup final. I mean, it, I don't think anyone can say it won't. It were it shouldn't work out to be an entertaining series. Yeah, hopefully it will, and maybe this is where the goalies kind of count at last in Colorado because they are the best team in the league. You would have to say, but the goalies aren't the same level as tamper is, is so we'll see what happens there yeah. but yeah they've had a long time to cool off too so either it's good because they rest up or they completely forget how to play hockey so i don't know yeah, yeah i was gonna say they didn't have an overtly tough series against edmonton but um oil were doing a little head hunting near the end so Maybe a, a few extra days to help, uh, e, you know, heal those, you know, sore sore joints is is necessary. Anywho, speaking of taking some time off, the podcast is going to take a short break. You're listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast from CanucksHockeyBlog.com and the Full Press Coverage Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on that. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it in that? Because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Patterson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. <laughs> Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He can play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And, yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. I mean, we, we've been talking about JT Miller like all season long, all off season. Will he be back? Won't he be back? Um, you and I have made our opinions very clear. Um, we feel that he needs to maybe be shopped if only to free up space in a world that Jim Benning really messed up. However, also understand that there's some extreme value in potentially keeping him, presuming the numbers can be right. And I think that's been made very, very clear from this ownership group that they're taking quite seriously. They want to do a deal. They want to do a deal that makes sense. Now, based on what we're interpreting, is maybe JT going to be somewhere next season? I mean... Obviously, they're saying, you know, they're being careful with what they say, the Canucks. Um, and, but if you read some of his quotes 
I think we all kind of were of the opinion that they were saying, yeah, we'll sign JT, we want to sign JT, obviously we want to re-sign JT, but it has to make sense for everyone. And when, you know, mm-hmm. Jim Rutherford and Patrick Colbyn have been quite open as to where the team is at, which is not competing and not really close to it. So, You know, the thing that really set things ablaze um, came out of the, you know, essentially out of Toronto. Uh, So for those of you who pay attention to the, you know, the hockey world, you know that there are many personalities, um, but what we presume is an East Coast bias exists, essentially, if you're a team on the West, the most don't stay up uh, too late to, to watch your team exist. But... Uh, John Shannon and uh, um, Kipper, they were both on uh, the Bob McCown podcast. Uh, Bob McCown is a sports personality out East. And um, John Shannon just casually drops the news that uh, Rutherford ain't a big fan of the Vancouver Canucks locker room feeling that it's a country club and that uh, he'll be making splashes that only a core of three or four stay. Now, who's the core? I mean, I think, Again, we've talked about it on the show. It's very clearly Pedersen, Hughes, um, Demko. I would say Horvat, but I understand where people would say no, and I, I'm perfectly fine. Except there are those who'd say JT Miller's your core. Okay, I don't understand where you get that being the core, but okay, whatever. But that all, you know all other players are available and that they are planning on making big changes. Now, fast forward a, a day or two and the local media has obviously been spinning this up, but the one who is probably closest to having their fingers on the pulse of the Vancouver Canucks front office in Dollywall says, yeah, I can't say I've heard the country club stuff, but I do know that they look at that cap number and feel that it's a, an anchor they need to deal with. So, yeah, I mean, you either way, whether it's true or not that they sort of think that dressing room is a way too comfy country club. Like you can't ignore the truth of the numbers, which is kind of what Dolly well said. And, they're being honest and they're appraising everything and there's some ugly looking contracts in there. And just to go back to the core pieces thing, I do think they consider Bo a core piece um, from a leadership perspective and just from the perspective of not looking like they're in complete panic. Um, They want to keep Bo around. I think we both kind of said we would, if there was an insane offer for Bo, like we'd be fine to take it. But, I have a feeling they want to keep him around. So there's more like a core four, but yeah, I mean, I almost not bothered either way, whether they consider it a country club or not. The country club. So I mean, the country club comment is simply a, the prerogative of a front office and a coach. I mean, what one will say is a country club, another will say a professional locker room, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I, I don't know whether the Canucks during the Gillis era had a country club atmosphere, but I think it's fair to say that that group of players liked what they had, appreciated what they were doing, and were given the latitude to continue to be themselves. Is it? perfectly fine because the team's winning maybe maybe not is it a country club who knows um i mean we do know that there were a certain standard and expectation that was set by Sadines, but i think it's fair to say that bo horvat comes in with a similar mindset but then this sort of then speaks to the rumors that is there the possibility that horvat's not the guy who you know has the loudest voice in the in the room and and what have you um i just you know take from this though is that not so much the country club it's the three to four people who are the core and every other piece is available because if that were to occur if the real trader jim in in rutherford 
you know, and by extension, Patrick Alvine make this type of, you know, magic happen over the course of the off season where they start moving players left, right, and center. I mean, that's the rebuild that should have happened. I said two years ago, because yes, it should have happened much earlier than that. But two years ago was when you had the, the team was in such a great spot. Bad deals were finally coming off the books. Mm-hmm. They had cap flexibility to go and take some of the, you know, contracts off of other teams and paying with some, some goodies along for the ride. And yet here we are where, you know, apparently the coyotes are saying, you need, you got some bad deals. We'll take them. Heck, didn't the Sabres just like, like the Sabres made a deal here where they took a contract to help get themselves to the floor. It's going to be paid for by insurance granted, but I just, I, I, I'm, 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 maybe I'm jaded. I just don't know how that even all this all occurs. Yeah. I, I think that's totally fab. We've talked about it in discord as requiring some wizardry, um, because something's going to have to give, right? They, um, can't develop at the rate they want to develop while being weighed down by all these contracts. Um, they can't re-sign Brock and, you know, Bo. And they definitely can't re-sign JT if they want it, if they're keeping everyone. So mm-hmm. I think even if you're not re-signing JT, you've still got um, contracts to shift and they won't be easy to shift. You'll need some sweeteners. You'll need to give away some stuff you don't want to give away. Um, uh, but it's almost, it's not quite a gift because Canucks paid for the JT deal, you know, they gave up a first round pick and um, opportunity cost, whatever, but it's an opportunity. I mean, they gave up a first round pick to get Garland or OEL or whomever you might want to associate the pick to. Yeah. Cause what are first round picks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's huge, but yeah, it's like another, you've been given another chance with JT um and he's had a great year and that's partly due to the Canucks and the players they've surrounded him with and um you can say the coaching I'm sure that's part of it um so it's just like cash in on that opportunity that you created with the player and set him free if you love someone set them free so what you're telling me is Rutherford actually loves the room and he plans on setting them all free out of the immense love that he has for everyone, except for three or four players. Doesn't love EP. No, PD's in the bad books. Bo's in the bad books. Got it. Got it. I understand what you're saying. Well, yeah, um, I, uh, there, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like a lot. There's a lot of time between sort of now and the draft. Well, a lot of time an episode. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of time between now and free agency, a couple episodes. Uh, and there's a lot can happen that probably won't happen until the season itself is over. So I'm, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be excited about a rebuild because I mean, let's be honest, if the Canucks do go through a rebuild and keep the core that they have, this core is not going to be the core that'll come out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's the brutal reality of it, isn't it? That we had this amazing core. We could have blown it up and built a team around them. And now we're struggling to sort of cash in on their prime. I mean, Petey's still young, Quinn's still young. Demko is young for a goalie, so as long as his hips, you know, keep up and he doesn't get completely ridden into the ground, he should still be around, but... It's just so frustrating, but we are where we are. True that. Speaking of other uh, potential deals, uh, the Vancouver Canucks apparently have also made it clear that they're interested in having conversations with teams about draft picks. Now, in the old regime, uh, that would be said, and I think it became interpreted that we are more than willing to give ours away. What do you have available? Um. <clears throat> Obviously, the Vancouver Canucks are not necessarily in the most desirable location uh, within the NHL draft. That said, it's not also that entirely hot 
So therefore, what you're getting where the Canucks are drafting isn't a whole lot different than what you might be getting a few picks earlier, or potentially you might be a team that says, yeah, we got our eye on a guy, and we're pretty confident that they'll you know, fall to, I think, what, the Canucks have 15, if, if memory is correct. Yeah, so Canucks have 15. I mean, you kind of do think it's the case because of, one, how the draft is this year, and two, just how different the draft lists are. I mean, I read a few today. And I was looking for players, you know, that I'd seen in a couple of lists, you know, in the top five to 10. And then I was seeing them at the end of the first round in another list. And there'll be like 10 to 15 point um, place difference between lists. Um, So it's almost a case of just like, on the day being really active and being ready um, to, um, you know, say like, who's, who are you looking at? Who do you like, like, do you think he's available at 15? Cause we have guys that we like later. Maybe we can take some picks later down off your hands. Um, I do think it's, I'm really reluctant to put a case together to move up. Mm-hmm. Even despite how bad the prospect cupboard is. Um, I mean, well, the, so the issue in trading up though, is like, what are the Canucks giving up yeah, exactly. to get there? What, what do they have? I mean, right. Like, you know, immediately the Vancouver Canucks don't have a second round pick to deal, at least in the 2022. So, you're now talking about later round picks. How far up you want to go? Draft picks are probably out of the question. In fact, you know, you have to consider your first round pick plus whatever later round picks you might want to trade, then put you in a weird spot because that player you get, you're taking a big risk on. So then who's on the roster that can help elevate the value? I mean, I mean, there are players who could probably help you get a first round pick, uh, you know, our pick plus to get yours, but you know, are you as a fan willing to like, I'll use JT Miller. Could JT Miller get a first round pick? I totally think he could. Yeah. I think there's teams out there that'd be willing, maybe even a one-to-one deal. Is that value enough? And is that pick going to be high enough? But and saying that like, Almost everyone outside the top four or five is going to be an absolute flyer. Um, mm. Could argue even everyone's a f- like pretty close to a flyer in this draft. But um, do you want it? You definitely don't want to give away next year's draft. Like that's how the good stuff is. Like it's meant to be a really deep draft. Um, so if we are putting together packages, you know. One of our like roster players plus our pick, I'd say that's to move down, not up. And yeah, all the draft picks. Yeah, no, I think, and that to me, that's that's the route. Like if the Van, if the Vancouver Canucks are going to go up, like there, there's the mechanism to go up. To me, doesn't get you the same value as the mechanism to, uh, or sorry, go, to. Go up, I mean, go down. <laughs> I hate the draft because it's, which direction am I talking about? A lower draft pick doesn't provide you the same value as taking your current pick and possibly going a little bit later, especially considering you don't have a second round pick. And use that as a weapon to, to help maybe facilitate some room on your 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 roster or whatever it might be. Um, I would think most of our listeners have either heard of the the trades that allowed Brian Burke to get the uh, picks necessary to, to draft the Sedins. Right. Um, but, you know, the Vancouver Canucks were sitting in a more desirable position in that draft year. Um, you know, the Vancouver Canucks could have picked a Sedine with their, their third overall, but ultimately, you know, Brian Burke was able to go and finagle two picks uh, to make that happen. And really the piece of the puzzle that helped it 
was Brian McCabe, who, yeah, at the time, a decent enough hockey player, but that's what allowed for him to then in turn, you know, get picks and those picks turned into the Vancouver Canucks eventually having two and three. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's possible to finagle, right? Even in this day and age, and it's just finagling in a different way. Cause even if you're thinking about moving down, right? Some of the people that might, you might be looking at, um, if you keep the original pick at 15, you know, I know Owen Pickering, I think is quite high on the list. Um, and he's a center and center depth. Um, but I've also seen him in the bottom of the first round in lists. Um, Snuggerand, however you say that he's, um, I've seen him at 15. I've seen him at like mid thirties. So there really isn't a consensus at all. Um, you know, Ty Nelson, I've seen him like, yeah, it, the same thing. Like I've seen him in the like bottom of the first round or second round, mid round. So there's all, there's no consensus whatsoever. So it really depends on who the Canucks are looking at and maybe more importantly, who other teams are looking at and who they are keen on. Yeah. Um, as to sort of positional depth, this brings me to Cam Robinson, friend of the show, Cam, who uh, he'll often say it's BPA, best player available. Yeah, that might be position, but you go with best player available, whomever it happens to be. He was uh, just today, um, you know, going through his, his list, and he shared this on Twitter. I've reached the stage of the draft season where I can no longer discern one tab from the next. It's overwhelming and beautiful all at once. And it's got me thinking, how deep was he in the draft that it got to the point the tabs started to blur? Like, was that still in the first round? (laughs) I will say that that's usually the time. I hate multiple tabs being open, but that's also the draft is usually where I end up very deep in tabs because you're looking at like 20 different players. And not just like one tab for every player, but like one outlet's opinion of this player, video of this player, another outlet's opinion of this player. Um, so yeah, and I've got like the mag, like paper magazines at this this time round. So just taking out more tabs in my mind, and yeah. I'm going nowhere near, nowhere near in depth as. Um, anyone seriously writing about these guys. So, well, I mean, like in cam cam in particular, if there, I I know there's a lot of people out there that do this. Um, obviously cam holds a special place in our heart, being a friend of a show and all. Uh, but like when I see him talk about Philip Johansson and saying, um, he, he's actually, he's okay with it. He's like, it's a great, it's a free dart. Vancouver needs free darts. I like it. So seeing him say that that bodes well, but what's interesting about, Johansson is that he says, for what it's worth, I rank Johansson, uh, or sorry, Johansson, not Johansson. Yeah. Johansson 56th overall on his final board, which is interesting is went considerably higher than that. Yeah. I mean, it was considered a reach at the time. So it seems like it's come out that way. But again, as you say, free hit, like, Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just looked at another list that had Logan Cooley above Shane Wright, which is I haven't seen on any other list. So daily face off, you crazy. Yeah. But I've seen him rising massively. So we thought that we yeah. had that one thing, right? The consensus number one pick. Everything else is crazy, but maybe not even that. Yeah. I, I'm of the thought that a lot of times – even with the consensus, it's the math will always add up a little bit differently based on what is it that you're looking at and what do you value most, right? And there are some out there that will value, let's say, you know, skating over, um, you know, smarts and positional play or 
I mean, it could be something as silly as, are you a left hand or right hand shot? And if that's a little bit out of the ordinary, there can be a debt, you know, a, a detriment or a plus. I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, um, in the grand scheme of things is, is any first overall pick a, a sure thing generationally maybe, but not each and every draft. No, I agree. I think Shane Wright will probably end up going first, <clears throat> but um, yeah, it's definitely not a sure thing. But yeah, I read an interesting article comparing Nemec um, to, what's his name? Um, Yemenek. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Juracek. Let's go with I, that. I don't. Let's go with Juracek. And like, my heart would go to like a player like Nemec, who's much more, you know of a puck retrieval defenseman and of a like less of a checking game, um, you know, can t- take things out of the zone rather than pass first out of the zone. Like, but your like smart physical player. And I'm just like, oh. it really depends what you value. It's exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Speaking of sure things, if there is a sure thing in hockey is that hockey players looking for action, find action. Oh, wow. Interp- interpret that as you f- see fit. Yeah. But I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. And I think it's also just a good bit of advice is um, always have like an overnight bag packed just in case. How many overnight bags is appropriate? <laughs> I mean, just carry clean underwear, I'd say. But, okay. you know... And also be prepared in case you can't get into your house all of a sudden. It's, it's, you know, without, you know, getting into the specifics here, I log on to, you know, Twitter. My phone was on do not disturb when I'm in the movie and I'm trying to make sense of what's showing up in my timeline. I know because you Um, go on the trending topic and it's just people making jokes about, the thing that you don't know what the thing is exactly right and like and then it's like the oh wow i've been off twitter what's new or the uh hello good morning and i miss anything like you know it's like okay cool thanks i'm i'm on the outside i'm like maybe like you and you're doing it the funny way but the the thing that i i take from this is that it's not new it is going to be a thing that exists in life professional sport. Sure. It's sort of what we see and we, 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 we consume, but all that really matters to me is that, um, was what was happening between consenting adults. Okay. And an understanding that yes, there are bigger impl- things at play between adults, but what business is it of mine? Yeah. I mean, the, it's crazy the fact that we have to have that as a bar but as we've talked about and the story continues to rumble on that's not always the case so consenting adults low bar um maybe hold out for enthusiasm um but yes like uh, it's not really our business it's kind of funny but it's also sad so you know it's more just like definitely let's say it's lapses of judgment occurred. Well, I mean, having, having seen a little bit of the video, Mm -hmm. um, that lapse of judgment may have also been enhanced by the consumption of enhancers. (laughs) Enhancers. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, if you live in a hockey town, and maybe hockey isn't the biggest sport in the whole of North America, but it's certainly the biggest in Canada. And if you're a star in that sport, you're going to get caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just the reality. Uh, it, I mean, it is. And I think, you know, the, for me, it's just like the fact, like the, I don't like, I get why it's an issue, but why is it an issue? I just, I'd rather see all this attention, you know, spent trying to, you know, get the truth out of hockey Canada and what they knew. Yeah. I mean, right. 
there's a reason that like the trending topics are what they were and how many of those people that were tweeting about their video have tweeted about hockey Canada. Yeah. And I, you know, and for, for those that don't know, um, it is nothing to do with a player. Well, maybe it does have stuff to do with players out of Edmonton, but not the particular player out of Edmonton who we are referring to. I mean, whatever it's Connor McDavid. Yeah, I, mean, it's, like it's, <laughs> I, guess I shouldn't dance around this. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows what it is. Everyone knows what we're yeah. referring to. Connor McDavid caught Colton video with someone that was not his girlfriend. Yeah, whereas, you know, Hockey Canada may or may not have been aware of, um, well, I'm saying may or may not have been aware, but they they were they were, they were aware. What amounts to um, a woman being raped and by players at World Juniors and mm-hmm. in a very, like, and the cover-up from start to finish seems to be very vindictive. So Hockey Canada are being called to account by... Is it parliamentary committee? What's the name of it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I mean, it's, you know, it's like in the United States, if baseball messes around, Congress gets involved. In Canada, if hockey messes around, Parliament gets involved. Yeah. I mean, cricket has been, I've mentioned this before, I think, but cricket, like Yorkshire County Cricket Club, got called to a parliamentary subcommittee for their dealing of a, with a racism scandal. So. It's kind of embarrassing for them, for Hockey Canada, but really they've it's a bit pathetic the way they've dealt with this and so many other culture issues that have come up. But you've got to hope that this changes something, but yep. we'll see. Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath. Neither, but we continue to hope and talk about it. And be aware. The um, fact remains, though, there are there are things that that need to change, and we'll continue talking about them on the show. If for some reason you're not happy about that, many apologies. It's not going to change. And at this point, I would say you could, if you want, express those feelings by calling or texting the C four text nine. But guess what? That six zero four two hundred six two zero one is not ours anymore. You should have mentioned it. Well, I did. It's not ours. That phone number's gone. We lost it. Um, but get this, Anna. I don't know if the new one that I got for us is ours or anymore either. So what so, we're saying is, is SpeakPipe still a thing? Is that still an available avenue? That is still a thing. Always available. SpeakPipe. Uh, dot com slash c4 podcast that's a way to get in touch with us right i mean now. i think that's um, probably good because that's everyone can access that so that's a good one to put out there and then obviously yep. discord discord.io forward slash c4 podcast that's right where we have these silly discussions and serious discussions we have both so hop on i mean the, the silly the silly ones are often based on movies food or pop culture Serious ones always seem to be about hockey. Yeah. We have very dumb arguments about food um, on Discord. And, you know, this is how we learn about um, Chris's poor cinema etiquette. Okay. Honestly, do you think I would be the one who would be talking? I don't know. Consider, okay. So we're, we're, we went for a, a beverage before we went to see the movie. And my brother's making fun of me that uh, when I was a so- referee in soccer, that I was known as Chris Justice. <laughs> and so both Jay and my brother are like hear that and they're like, hey, Chris, totally Chris Justice, Chris Justice. So is the guy who is, you know, always following the rules, the one who's going to be talking in a theater? No, I bet you are the person that shushes people. Oh, gosh, I was shushing Jay and my brother. You should have. Totally you should have bought your cards give them a yellow card put their name in if, if i if i knew knew where they were maybe maybe next movie i go to oh but uh yeah we'll be back again in two weeks time and the other thing that i totally messed up uh last episode was what our schedule looked like because it did not occur to me that because the season went a little bit longer than than we've you know normally had become accustomed to that uh, free agency did, does not start on July 1st as it sort of always has. Yes. 
which I only realized after the fact too, and then we both forgot to alter the schedule. So, yeah. But uh, free agency kicks in on July. I think it's July thirteenth. Yes, so a month um, from when we're which recording. Which is a which is a Wednesday, which is also awesome. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not a holiday. Like July first, free agent frenzy holiday. Yeah, I always had it off, but I was never watching it nonstop, consuming it. Uh, but um, as far as our schedule is concerned, um, as a, we've sort of been doing in the off season, every couple of weeks ish. Um, We'll be back again uh, when we record next in a two weeks ish time. Yeah, and then we'll be back again post draw. I think two weeks after that, right? Um, yeah. I, but where it gets yeah the, funny is free agency. Yes, because that kind of throws a spanner in the works when we're looking at. Um. Yeah, and you obviously, and me obviously you know, going gallivanting away. off to four weddings, five weddings, six weddings, whatever it is, and a funeral. No, there's no funeral. Are you gonna, I was going to say, I'm sorry, I feel like no, a jerk but I now. did go to a funeral last time I was home. Um, there were literally two funerals, um, on my street when in the ten days I was home. I used to live on a very, you know, distinguished, gentrified. I don't know what the word is. People on my street were old. Mm. Um, cycle of life type thing. Um, we should be recording right after the draft, and then around free agency. But yeah, we will have to update you. Probably, we will sort it out. So, um, we'll update you for sure. Um, next episode. Yes, we will. But as uh, as we already mentioned, you can find us online, C4 Discord, Discord, also the C4 Podcast, speedpipe.com slash C4 Podcast, and as always, C4Podcast.com. So on behalf of Anna Forsyth, A4603, myself, Chris, at Lightforce, signing off this episode with We Out.